I'm cold, Jessica said. Let's go back to the beach. Don't worry, Scott promised huskily. I'll warm you up. Suddenly he was kissing her in a way that told her he meant business. Jessica backed away. Scott, I... She held out an arm to ward him off, but he mistook it for an invitation. He was all over her, tugging insistently at her bikini straps while he devoured her neck. The muscles she'd admired on the beach felt knotted and menacing now. His demanding lips pressed against hers. No, not this way, she thought. She'd always been able to control her boyfriends when she wanted to, but Scott was more of a man than a boy, she realized with rising panic, someone who wasn't about to take no from a girl who led him on. Jessica sensed she was in deep trouble. (laughs) Whose idea was this? Are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? I can't wait till Jessica and Elizabeth murder each other. (laughs) (laughs) Wofields! She's been dating sketchy older men since 1990. It's Elizabeth Gomez. If by all night long, you mean 9 p.m., it's Adrian Gunn. (laughs) And this is Wokefield, where two middle-aged comedians realize all their problems started with Sweet Valley High. Each week, we read a Sweet Valley High novel and talk about how the most beautiful twins in the land, Jessica and Elizabeth, completely fucked up our ideas about being a girl in a medica. Hey, today we're talking about the fifth book in the series, All Night Long, where Jessica dates an older man. Elizabeth, how do we know that he's older? Because he has... A mustache. A mustache. And then we're going to welcome one of the funniest people we know, Alyssa Ronsky-Wright, who, like our very own Alice Wakefield, is the mother of twin girls and who will help us figure out, hey, are all twins this codependent? And then we're going to challenge Alyssa to a game of Sweet Valley High Mad Libs. And trust us, it's hilarious. Guaranteed there will be at least one noun, and that's Todd Wilkins. Dick. I feel like that's all you ever hear if you hear the word noun. Todd <laughs> Wilkins that's Dick. That's all I ever hear. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Elizabeth, this fucking book. First of all, I just want to say what a bait and switch it was. What a bait and switch. Oh my God. So the back of the book is like, this is about Jessica dating older man. The cover of the book is with Jessica, with this dude with the mustache. And then next thing you know, you read about 10 pages And it's done. The whole older man is gone. And the rest of the book is just about Elizabeth being a codependent maniac. I mean, honestly, I was so shocked because I thought it was going to be more than 10 pages, but it was actually probably only four pages. It was very short. We were both hoping for some like, and like none of that ever happened because the only thing that came to close to being sexy was a weird date rape scene in the woods. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about (laughs) it. You know, there's nothing we love more on Wokefield than a little hype school date rape so jessica she's like elizabeth i'm going to the lake to go to a party with this college boy and elizabeth of course is like jessica that's such a bad idea what will mom say (laughs) and jessica's like i don't care what mom says i am going to go to this party and live it up with some 18 to 21 year (laughs) olds who 
are smoking pot. By I, the way. Yeah. And like they're doing keg stands and yeah. like they're mad. There's a lot happening. And the girls, rightfully so, the girls at the lake are like to Jessica, the high schooler. They're like, so how long have you known Scott for? <laughs> and Jessica's very embarrassed. So she decides that she is going to try to be a college age girl, yes. which means throwing mud at your boyfriend, yes. Scott Daniels, yes. who's your new guy with a mustache. Getting him to chase you on the beach while and, everyone watches. Yes. And she's like walking and wiggling. And, and Scott's just like, God, that Gotta high have school it. ass. I Gotta want have it. it. <laughs> So then he uh, invites her to take a little traipse through the woods. <laughs> he knows a cabin in the woods. He's, and you know, the thing that I always think about that is always like, if a man that you don't know wants you to go into the woods, probably no, don't, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't go there. No, don't go there at all. And then he gets there. And what happens, Adrian? Well, she's also, she's going through the path in the woods. She has no shoes on. She's in her little string red bikini, right? She has no shoes. She has no coat. She has no clothes. She And the, the, her feet are on the pine needles, you know? like ah, ah everything hurts and they get to this cabin and he's like I'm gonna make it better and what does he do next thing you know he shoves his hand down her pants yes and Jessica is shocked she is like <laughs> I cannot believe you brought me all the way into this woods in my little red bikini and then you put your hand down my pants oh, she's aghast <laughs> she's aghast yes. and um you know she just basically tries to tell him to stop doing it which is fair because maybe you shouldn't take high school girls into the woods when you're a grown-ass man perhaps and and Okay, so fair to Jessica. She definitely feels threatened and she's not sure what to do because it's definitely sort of a date rape situation where, you know, this is the 80s or the 90s and she's like, I've brought I've brought this upon myself, right? So then he gets mad because he's drunk like a man does and he storms away. Right. When and you're he's not like, good give luck up. getting home. Right. Good and luck getting like, home. If you're not going to give up that poon, baby, then I'm going to be like... <laughs> I'm out. You're on your own in the woods. Yeah, like, fuck you. So he goes off and he finds another cabin. He finds a cabin, yes. Yes. That all his friends are staying in and they're all drunk and they're all doing it. Jessica's wandering around. They're fucking because they're in college. Correct. Jessica's wandering around the woods. Meanwhile, Elizabeth is at home trying to watch The Crown, but she can't stay focused. (laughs) She's not watching The Crown. I know, but I like thinking about that. Elizabeth is like watching the Gilmore Girls. 100% she's a crown girl. Anyway. I'm a crown girl. That's hurtful. Anyway, move forward. (laughs) Elizabeth is at home wondering what's happened to Jessica. And the next morning when she wakes up, dun, dun, dun. Jessica was out all night long. Yes. And not Adrian Gunn style. She was not home by 9 p.m. No, it was literally all night long. It was, yeah, the next morning. So Elizabeth wakes up in the morning. She's like, oh, my God, my sister's missing. And instead of calling the police because she knows that her sister has gone off with some strange man who's college age and should not be dating her. Right. She decides that she's just going to pretend to be her. Right. Alice is making pancakes. It is the girl's favorite breakfast. So in probably the most shocking moment in Sweet Valley High history, Elizabeth comes down and she eats the pancakes and then she leaves and she goes around back and she runs upstairs and she chains her outfit into like a slutty Jessica look. She goes downstairs and here's the shocking part. She eats the pancakes again. Amazing. And Alice Wakefield, which I think is also the most shocking part, doesn't realize that her daughter is the same one. <laughs> but you know like what? she can't tell her twins apart. You know what? She's stressed out. She's a part-time interior designer and she's married <laughs> to fucking Ned Wakefield. Just to back up a little bit too, is that uh when when Elizabeth woke up, Jessica did call her. Oh yeah, a, and a she was like, cover after. for me. But also we have to back up, back up. 
So we're going to do the backity backpack. We're backing that thing up. So Jessica is in the cabin with Scott. Scott's drunk. All the college people are drunk. And he's like, there's no phone. And she's like, give me your car keys. He's like, there's no car. And then he passes out on the couch. She's like up, sitting up, sentient. Next thing you know, falls over, passed out. And Jessica's like, what am I going to do? And she like makes a little pallet on the floor and like has to sleep there in her red bikini. And I got to say, it was the best comeuppance of Jessica. (laughs) We've seen. I also would like to remember, remind you that uh, Jessica and Elizabeth during this whole period, while Elizabeth is so upset about it, is not only that her her sister is trying to date this older man, but they have a test to take yep. in the morning. What are they going to be? What's this test for? Sweet Valley High Tourist Guides. Tourist Guides for the summers. They're going to be Just tour guides. Just for the whole sea. <laughs> Yeah, it's real unclear. (laughs) makes no sense. Why is the test administered at the high school? No one knows. But you know what the most upsetting thing is? That is literally the A plot of the story. We're sold that the B plot, Jessica sleeping on the floor in her bikini, is A plot, but it's not. It only happens for 10 pages. Next thing you know, the whole rest of it is Elizabeth masquerading as Jessica, trying to cover her, trying to take this test for herself and for Jessica, and fighting with Todd. Yes, and because Todd is like, Elizabeth, I think you're taking this too far. And Elizabeth is like, (laughs) never. No, Todd, she's my sister. Um, Which is probably the most awful part about it, because as Elizabeth is going through this process, she is exhausted from eating pancakes and being two people. Yes, and and while she's at school, everybody thinks she's Jessica because she's got on her little um jessica outfit yes yes and so todd is like elizabeth this is ridiculous your sister should be able to like handle her own business and be her own person you don't have to cover up for her all the time elizabeth literally loses her fucking mind in this book she's like covering up for jessica at every turn and there's really no clear understanding of why like why doesn't she let jessica just fucking hang herself on this i don't know i guess she's really invested in them both being tour guides together so even todd like pulls her aside and is like what the fuck is wrong with you why are you being such a spaz yeah but then elizabeth gets mad at todd todd is like i'm looking out for your best interest elizabeth and elizabeth is like fuck you I gotta say, it's probably the most emotionally aware moment we've seen portrayed in Sweet Valley High is when Elizabeth gets called on her shit and what does she do? She gets mad at the caller. Yes, and and breaks up with Todd, which is the most insane thing. They break up. They break up. Absolutely. And then uh, during this whole time, you know, Francine loves a B story that makes no sense. Loves a B plot. Loves it. And so her B plot is that there's another kid at the school who loves to surf. Yeah, there's a surfing contest. Yes, there's a surfing contest. I don't even remember the dude's name. I don't even, who cares? Who cares? He's trying to surf. Todd is like, I want you to learn to surf. I'm going to sell you my surfboard. Then I'm going to buy myself a Jeep with a surfboard. No, no, no. He's going to buy himself a motorcycle in which Elizabeth is going to ride on and get in an accident and get into a coma and an upcoming book. That's for the next book. But more importantly, this guy surfs. And while he's going to try to go to the surfing contest, Elizabeth is like unsure about going to the surfing contest, even though Jessica is now back home and okay she is not okay elizabeth is not okay with todd so her whole idea is like i'm gonna go to the surfing contest i'm gonna try to ignore todd but todd is the bigger person here yeah always of course he's todd wilkins yes and so he grabs elizabeth and he's like i'm not gonna apologize to you you're not gonna apologize to me and at that moment adrian i was like this is the kind of man i respect you literally texted me at that moment and was like i fucking love todd wilkins it was ridiculous it was so ridiculous then she fell into his arms they pressed themselves together and then the book ends and you're like what the fuck just happened well and the surfer wins 
Well, who cares about that? But yes, it ends <laughs> and you're just like, that was a fever dream. The only cool part was the first 10 pages where a date rape almost happened. Yes. Also, uh, the one thing I, I think we haven't mentioned is they pass the tourist test. The tour guide yes. test. They get to be. They get to be no, tour guides. No, it's not now. even just that they pass it. So Elizabeth took the tour guide test. She passed it, but then when she took it for Jessica, she was frazzled. She was frazzled. So she didn't do as well. She did not pass it. But the teacher went to the real Jessica and said, "Jessica, when you took that test, you seem frazzled. So why don't you take it again?" And Jessica, the real Jessica, took it and passed. And everything was right in the and world. And everything was right in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this book was complete madness. Yes. Alyssa Rowinski Wright is a stay-at-home mom of three in Los Angeles, and she currently spends every second of her life in remote first grade with her six-year-old twins. You know we're going to need that twin mom goss. We need the hot tea. We're going to need it, but she has a vague memory of a previous career in feature animation. She's super fucking cool. Alyssa, you love Sweet Valley High. And we're very excited about this book specifically. You got to tell us why. This was my favorite one. And I don't, I think it might be because I owned it. Like (laughs) I would check these out from the library all the time, but this one I had. And I also, I think I was about nine or 10 when I was reading these. And this was the dirtiest book I'd ever read. And <laughs> oh so God. I was very, so much very to titillated about. by like the part of the book where he puts his hand in her bathing suit. And I did not know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a possibility. Like the whole thing blew my mind. I remember so clearly like being in my childhood bedroom, reading this book and just be like, oh, <gasps> So this this makes me think. Did your parents not have a lot of PDA in the house? Was it were they people who? I mean, were, they weren't were, sticking their hands on each other's pants. Like wow. in front of me. Well, he, he, cups, <laughs> he cups her buttocks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like, under the bathing suit. Right. I just wanted to, I just yeah. wanted our inside. listeners to know it wasn't like a fingering moment. Oh no, oh my, that would have killed me. Like I. <laughs> the it was butt was bad enough. I'm definitely assuming that your that your parents did not finger anyone in front of you. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm scandalized. No. I know. Did yours? I, mine did not because my parents oh, good. split up. My I dad like went to finger another lady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was really, I thought the book was really interesting in terms of um, that whole thing. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's just like what we thought was what you, you described as titillating, titillating, titillating. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it is actually now. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. well the thing that stuck out the most to me on, upon rereading this book, which I, which took me like less than 30 minutes, by the <laughs> way, I was like, oh, it's over, is that this is not a book about Scott. This is not a book about staying out all night. This is a book <laughs> about the fucking like junior tour guide test. Yes. And I was like, why is his cover even, his face even on the cover of the book? Like, he's yes. in this book for like seven pages. Like, yes. <laughs> that's it. I mean, yes. it's so fast. It's so fast. And it's such a bait and switch. And it made me laugh so much because when we first started talking about this podcast, you were like, the book I want to read is all night long. You were so vehement about it. Because well, I have such better memories. I mean, I feel like when you're talking about Sweet Valley High, there's some classics that everyone will bring up. Yes, Everyone's going to be that's like, true. okay, Regina dies, right? Yes. Regina Morrow. Regina dies. One line like, of cocaine. Can't yes. wait. 
Probably yes. another bait and switch. I, no, I think, I don't well, know. I I'm excited are, for that one. I don't remember any other like junior anything exam in that one. I feel like they're pretty <laughs> torn up about the death. I remember um, there's an ambulance. There, yeah. Um, there's just a couple that are like the ones that people remember. Yes. And this one is not one of those, but it's one I remember because I, like, I would just get to the end of this book and start it again. But I have no memory of the exam or the surfing competition, which is just right. like unnecessary. So random. So random. So random. So I don't know if, you know, we've been reading, uh, we've read a few of these books now, and this is what they do in every single book. They have like a major story. And then they always have a B plot that no one cares about. Right. <laughs> like, no one. like there was this one book where like the droids, which is like the Sweet Valley High big of band. Course, the band. Um, yeah. Like they had this whole like moment where they were going to get famous, but didn't get famous. But the story never, ever really went anywhere <laughs> one way or the other. But yeah. what this book is about, which I think is interesting. We, find, we have like two main things, right? We've got like the date rape moment with Jessica in the shack. And then the rest of the entire book is about Elizabeth being super codependent so i think you're like the perfect guest as a mother of twins to like oh, help yeah. us kind of parse out what being a twin is but don't you think we should start with the date rape yeah i mean i'm yeah I, i'd love there. to die i'd love to dive into that <laughs> i mean first of all i was like i was floored i was reading this whole thing and i was like this is the craziest story that i've ever read and i've read the first book right <laughs> So like the book, the beginning of the book like has everyone in the tizzy and, you know, Jessica is going through this situation where she's been warned not to go out with Scott. She goes out with Scott and then she, this, this whole thing happens and it unfolds. And what I am curious about is what do you think about that? Because to me, when I'm reading the book, what it's telling me is that women have to always constantly protect them, themselves, that we have to like guard our, our innocence and our virginity. And it's our fault for walking into the woods with a dude. I believe that's true partially, <laughs> but I also think that Scott never has to take responsibility of his actions. And that's very upsetting to me. I don't know if you received the information the same way when you were a teenager as you read it recently. Well, I definitely was not a teenager when I read this. I was way, like way before that. So I learned a lot from these books. I think about like what I thought it meant to be a teenager and I grew up in Kansas. So I also, it was so like unthinkably exotic mm -hmm. that they lived in this place that I basically live in right now. So, <laughs> Is yeah. it exotic still? It's so not. Like I was really trying to figure out where this was. And all I could think is that it must be Orange County, right? Like it's so, it seems really like uncool and really Orange County-ish to me. Um, I didn't think, I mean, I don't know if I would... I would call it rape. Like, I feel like she was definitely molested, you know, like she, but I also think that she was pretty able to get away. Like she, he's a predator and he's, he's gross, like for dating a high school girl, but it could have been much worse. Well, I think and, you know, he's a predator because he has a mustache, right? Well, he looks, that was her first tip. He, and, and he drives a red firebird and he's 40 in college, it looks like from the cover. <laughs> exactly. He seriously looks so old. I do enjoy the part like that Elizabeth said in the beginning when she's like, I thought college boys would be above this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> hilarious. But I don't know. It does seem like having been a teenage girl that I was in plenty of situations like this myself. I mean, you too, I bet. Like you're 
you're kind of okay and it's sort of like on the edge and you're like maybe I should get away and he doesn't he doesn't like attack her though do you know what I mean like well I I was gonna say I do I, I do think that he attacks her and I but I do think that even so you're, you're saying that you're probably what nine nine when you started reading probably like nine or ten right so like I think I was must have been a little bit older but in either age range I do think we start to realize a little bit about our bodies and a little yes. bit like how we're attracted to dudes and or or women or or people who are non-binary mm-hmm. um but in that process, you try to have to like parse out what, what is good and what is bad. So like yes. recently I was reading, my friend recommended to us, um, to me that I should read this book called My Dark Vanessa, which is about a 15 year old girl who ends up sleeping with her teacher. And I read the first few chapters and I walked out and I said to her, I was like, this book is hot, <laughs> <laughs> which is not the right message, right? Yeah. So this, I think there's constantly this like, push and pull of like kind of understanding your sexuality and like where you're supposed to control it and where where the other person has responsibility too. And I think when I was younger and I read this book, I was like, dude, he's got a mustache. It's hot. Well, Elizabeth Gomez loves a bad boy. I love, I love anyone with a mustache. Elizabeth Gomez Some loves danger. Anyone who can't spell their name. Yes, you're into it. You're like, well, is he drunk and stupid? Let me fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, though, is like, he's not, it's like, you can't even call him a straw man. Like, he has no personality. He has no, like, there's nothing to him. And there's nothing to any of these, like, college people. It's like, when I was reading this, my memory of this was so different than my rereading of it because it didn't seem real at all. Like it just seemed like such a fake, like after school special sort of situation that she was in at this lake. Like, hi, no, you're what lake? What lake are you at in Southern California? People don't hang out at the lake. They're at Lake Tahoe. <laughs> is that in Nevada? That's not in California. California. That is not in Southern California. Okay. So, I was just gonna let her have her moment there. <laughs> I mean, she Chicago. would be out all night. Like if she was driving from Southern California to Lake Tahoe, <laughs> there's no way. Like she would not have been back in time for even the afternoon of school. So, um, <laughs> no, I just felt like it. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like it just didn't. It, no one in this book seems like a human being, but especially not him or his friends. So I will say that I feel like reading this book and this whole section where, you know, she's in danger and you get that a lot, right? It keeps telling you Jessica knew mm-hmm. she was in danger. Jessica put this out, her arm out and he, he she was like, oh no, he's a man, you know, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, it felt to me basically like who I had been taught to be as a girl and moving through like my teenage years and my college years, which is that you always have to be alert that like a man could hurt you really at any time. And if you are like, Oh, we're just having fun that that fun is always dangerous and you could always be taking a risk. So it's interesting to me to read it now because it feels true to like some indoctrination that I received, which is that you always have to be alert and you have to be taking care of yourself. And men don't have to be responsible for like maybe not groping you (laughs) or being like not, you know, doing stuff you don't want them to do, but you have to be on top of it at all times. That I think, I think even though I'm woke enough to know that I had, I have two daughters who were assigned female at birth and, um, 
as they were growing up, I mean, I re- reemphasized the same thing, right? Like I was always like, whatever you do, trust your gut. Always trust your gut. And the reason is, is because when I was in my young 20s, I met a man in a bar with a convertible red Mustang. Yes, ma'am. Trail close. And then he like left and they came back another day because I was working at the bar. And he was like, Elizabeth, do you want to go for a ride in this Mustang? And I was like, yes, sir. (laughs) So I get into this Mustang and he's driving me up the hills. We're like in California at the time. So we're driving like real sweet Valley High moment. Yeah, really. Hot dude, hot car, hills. Wait, (laughs) wait, wait. Vanity plate? I don't. Oh God, I don't even know. That would have been like the cherry. One, Bruce. One. So so I was super psyched. We go up and we get into this, like, he just immediately, this is the first time I'm with him, immediately pulls up into his like driveway of this house. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, it's my house. I just need to stop in. And I was like, okay. And then, so we walk into his house and it's really beautiful. And then we go into this one room and he's like, oh, well, actually it's my mom's house. And I was like, it figures, (laughs) man. And then we sit down on the bed and I'm like, the whole time I'm like, why am I here? What am I doing? This is not right. This is not right. Again, first time we've ever been together. And then he's like, let's watch Hellraiser. And I was like, let's, I was like, let's watch you take me home because I'm not staying here I'm at so all. turned on. What a panty dropper. <laughs> Hellraiser. Like, 100% that guy was going to take off my head. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the story, you got yes. him to take you home? Oh, God, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight a motherfucker tonight. That's <laughs> I mean, have you ever, sorry, this is what I need to get me going. Like I have to watch Hellraiser every time. Oh my God. (laughs) Have you ever experienced anything like that though? Like where you're just like, I need to get out of here. This is not the right thing. For sure. For sure. I mean, I was a teenage girl. Like I gotten, and I think the problem is like Jessica is the, the id, right? Like she's like, she just wants sensory things and she wants what she wants and she wants to have fun and she doesn't think of the consequences. And I think that's how every teenager is on some level. Like they, everyone has a streak of that. Like I definitely got in some situations when I was young where I was like drinking or smoking weed or something like that. And then in, I know. And then in the middle of it, I was just like, huh, what am I doing here? Like, why am I at this party? Why am I? I also grew up in a college town. So there were these type of like grosso college boys who were like, oh, high school girls, you know? What, what, what do you think made you, what was the point that made you go, okay, I got to go? That I kind of like had been pretending to be like cooler than I was. Do you know what I mean? Like, just like, but I no. feel like you're, <laughs> like you're, when you're young, it's like, you're trying to be like the cool, you know, like, like sophisticated. I've seen it all, you know, but I definitely wasn't at all cool or sophisticated. And I realized like I was kind of getting myself in a situation where I was going to either have to like do stuff I didn't want to do or just like leave. And so I would, I, I would leave, you know, I would try, but I would try to leave in a really cool way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One time. So this place was, is lame. Let's go. Party <laughs> yeah. sucks. I was always the Elizabeth Wakefield of the Delta Zeta sorority, sadly for me, (laughs) but I grew up, you know, my mom was a functioning alcoholic until she was not a functioning alcoholic until then she was in recovery. But point being, I was like always told like, you know, you can't be drinking like you have it in your genes, you know, you're going to go down a bad path. So I was always like, you know, I'm going to stick to the Miller Lite. I'm going to have like three. 
So, whereas my sorority <laughs> sisters were like doing shots, throwing up in the trash can, and then doing more shots. So we, we all go to Cancun, right? And this trip was crazy. This trip was when my friend Jenna had this giant weave, and I don't even know if this is radio safe, but you know, she did some drugs. Our other friend cut the weave out of her head. I mean, like crazy shit happened on this trip. And one night, Heather and Jenna are like, hey, we met these guys. We're going to go over to the Four Seasons. And I already was like, nobody's going to the Four Seasons. But they're like, we're going to the Four Seasons. But I knew, like, ding, ding. Who the fuck yeah. is at the Four Seasons? We're 19 years old. So <laughs> we go to the fucking- Scott Daniels. Exactly. Yeah. We go to the Four Seasons. Scott Daniels <laughs> and the rest <laughs> of his Wall Street cronies. Like, they're like busting out cocaine on the table. And they're like all fucked up and like- slinging their arms around my sisters and I was like oh, we're done we're yeah. <laughs> leaving we're going right now so that I was always I'm telling you it was probably Sweet Valley's highest fault I was always on alert for danger no it's really good though to have an Elizabeth in your crew like you need that person <laughs> Adrienne has an Elizabeth in her crew and I'm not sure she feels the same way <laughs> well my Elizabeth, my Elizabeth is really a Jessica so <laughs> I, when I was pregnant, when I found out I was going to have twins, I was seven weeks pregnant. I went in for my first um, appointment and I had had a miscarriage previously. And so all I was focused on was like that there was a heartbeat and um, they, there were two heartbeats and she, she could tell just from that first one that they were going to be identical just because of like what type of twins they were. They had, um, they shared a placenta, so they had to be identical and Having been such a huge fan of these books, I was instantly like, nope, like, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want identical. And I said to my husband in the room, identical twins are really creepy. And he said, that's the last time you can ever say this. Like, get it out of your system because you're going to have And then go them. say it on a podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, saying- but I've, cha- I've changed my mind. Like, identical twins are super cool. But um, I was really focused on which one was going to be the Elizabeth and which one was going to be the Jessica. Like people would say to me, like people say all sorts of like incredibly stupid shit when you're pregnant with twins or when you have twins. Like you would not believe the kind of stupid shit. Like, are they identical? And I'm like, yeah, my, my twins are girls. So they say, are they identical? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, which one is the boy? And I'm like, no, they're identical like everything's identical. Like they're both girls. Like people are so dumb about twin stuff or they say, Oh, I have twins in my family. And I'm like, yeah, identical twins aren't hereditary. It's just a fluke. And they're like, no, in my family, identical twins are hereditary, but I didn't have any yet. Like people just want to come talk with, especially when they're cute babies, you know, they're, they're getting older now. So it's less, but when you have baby twins, everyone wants to talk to you about it. But I was really focused. They're six. Okay. So everyone was really focused on, and people would say, what, do you think one of them is going to be the evil twin? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to know who's the slutty twin. Like, exactly. Which, who's the Jessica and who's the one who works at the newspaper? You know, <laughs> like yeah. that was what I really wanted to know. And, and I, who is the slutty one? <laughs> I'm not going to say, but I can tell who it's going to be. Like 100%. 100%. There is a Jessica and there is an Elizabeth. And I'll tell you off the air, but I'm not going <laughs> to put it on record. Yeah, let's talk about twins and let's talk about how to codependent 
Elizabeth is in this book, the one thing that really stuck out to me, right? Like Elizabeth goes through all these machinations to protect Jessica at all costs. And, you know, at the cost of her relationship with Todd, who's mad about it. Enid's oh mad about God. it. Elizabeth's also having like internal drama about it. But the interesting thing about these books, we've read five of them now, is that Elizabeth and Jessica don't really seem to have a friendship or a relationship much at all. We don't get a lot of scenes other than Jessica in the mirror being like, am I ugly? Elizabeth reassuring her that she's not. And then otherwise it's like, oh, Jessica. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. And it, it's interesting just that dynamic and then how codependent Elizabeth gets in this book because we don't really understand why. I also think that it's an interesting dynamic because Elizabeth has like a personality and Jessica has absolutely none. Like Jessica's personality is just being cute. Like Jessica is like an Instagram influencer 1.0. I feel like, like that is the extent of her personality. Like I can imagine her like selling waist trainers or like teeth, right? (laughs) Like that's who she is in the modern context. No, you definitely got a Brazilian butt lift. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I Googled on the internet, the definition of codependency. So okay, what I saw that in the script notes and I thought, this is really cute. Adrian's being a real Elizabeth right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I was like astounded that the book was supposed to be about Jessica dating an older man. I was in it for some hot, like, you know, we were, handsy, we were waiting for it. Handsy shit. And then what happened was I just had to watch Elizabeth flail around being a maniac and breaking up with Todd. Right. So here's eating double pancakes. Right. So here's the, the codependency. According to the internet, codependency is a behavioral condition in a, in a relationship where one person enables another's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Codependency affects the individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. And it's also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and are abusive. And I'm like, well, this is Elizabeth and Jessica. Oh, 100%. Also, my first marriage. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really interesting. Also, my first marriage. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like them, though. Like, that describes it perfectly. Because Jessica wouldn't have done any of that shit for Elizabeth. Like, that wouldn't have even crossed her mind. Like, she... She might have put a pillow in the bed, like half-heartedly pretended there, like she was. That was Elizabeth, like for her mom, but she wouldn't have done any of that stuff. See, yeah. I don't think my kids are too young to be like codependent in that way. But they do. I have another daughter, so I have three girls, and just the relationship stuff between them is really, really interesting to me, at least. I mean, my twins can hate each other. Like they'll have a day where they are like literally today, one of them punched the other one in the neck, but they cannot. I was like, she's my girl. The slutty one. (laughs) (laughs) It was, but they cannot, cannot be apart from each other. Like even when they're mad at each other, they're sitting in the same chair together. And I, as a mom, I'm just like, get away from each other. Like you go in this room, you go upstairs, get away from each other. And they like, don't want to or cannot so even at their angriest like even at the most like in my house the worst insult that any of them give each other is like you're not my sister like that is the (laughs) that's like the like the most horrible thing you can say to another person like and they they all say it to each other but whenever it is said to someone that person is like oh you know like (laughs) They believe How dare it. you? And I try to explain that to them. Like you say stuff all the time that you don't mean. 
So you can think about that when they say something mean to you. They also don't mean it. Like we had another kid over in our pod to play and she's an only child. And it's so, my kids are basically feral at this point. Like I'm just like, get away from me. Like I'm in school with you half the day, the rest of the day you like leave me alone. And so this other kid would be kept coming downstairs and saying, hi, um, Winnie just said June is evil. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like that's all right. And I just was like, she doesn't mean it. She doesn't mean it, but this kid, like, it was so shocking to her as an only child. But to me, I'm just like, but no one got hurt. Okay, that's fine. You know, like, like who's bleeding? Out. Who's bleeding? Dude, that kid's <laughs> the Enid of the group. She's like, excuse me, Alice. <laughs> oh, I think my oldest daughter is the Enid. Like, my oldest daughter is like such a big sister. She has like this really strong Beezus energy. Like, she's just a totally like big sister person and she's the enid of in our group like we definitely have a jessica elizabeth and an an enid and she would if she knew what that meant she wouldn't like me saying that but she definitely is i was the worst sibling like i i hated my little brother anytime you'd show up i'd just be like i'm gonna kill you and then anytime that he wasn't around i was like why aren't you around i need someone to help me with something you know one time he threw a knife at him (laughs) <gasps> wow. I know he ducked. Thank God he had good reflexes. Yeah. <laughs> I hated my brother too. I used to punch him every time I walked past him. Like I would just walk past him and just punch him in the stomach. Like I wouldn't even give it a second thought. And he would flinch. He got to the point where every time I'd walk past, he'd like guard himself because he was so used to it. But well, I mean, this is the, the Bruce Patman of her family. <laughs> Have you ever been in a terribly codependent relationship? How did you find out you were? I don't think I have. I definitely think I have. I mean, like, I think I was, I was born, my mom, you know, she, she, like I've I've mentioned this a million times, but she's like a Korean immigrant and her whole version of women is like, you're here to be like submissive to all, to all men. And my role with her was always taking care of her in ways that I think that immigrant children have to and in, in, in normal things, you know, like helping her write checks or like communicating with other people. And so I had a very natural inclination to like want to help people. So then when I saw people in crisis, I think this is true even now when I'm very conscious of it, is that I would get involved with people who were like felt broken. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to help you see the light. I'm going to help you do something better. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that when I'm like, you know, drunk in my underwear, hanging out on the beach <laughs> in the middle of three o'clock in the afternoon. Like I was such a mess. I don't know how I could have ever helped anybody and I don't know how I could have ever thought I could, but I always felt like if you didn't, and this is very true for Elizabeth in the books, if you didn't help somebody in crisis, you were then the one who was flawed. Yeah. You're being a bad friend or a bad sister. You're being a bad person. Right. So that it's your job to somehow keep, keep them afloat. And that's bullshit. (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, no one helps you or like, and I don't mean that you have to have help back, but I'm just saying that like, you know, a thank you note maybe from Jessica. Would it be nice? (laughs) It would be interesting to check in on their adult relationship because like one of my good friends is an identical twin and she and her twin bought houses next door to each other. Like they have their own relationships and families and stuff, but wait, is this Darcy and Stacy? No, God, no. (laughs) They're not my close friends. (laughs) I mean, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Can you imagine? They would hate me so much. They would just be like, why aren't you wearing makeup? Like, I, (laughs) can you imagine? 
also an example of twins who are completely codependent. Like they cannot separate yeah. and they cannot like let the other one live their life without. Totally. You know. And see too, when you're like younger, when you're like a tween or in high school or even like in your twenties, is that like, you don't even necessarily know that it's happening. Right. Because yeah. you are raised a certain way. And if you have like trauma in your past or whatever, you're just like, Oh, this is the normal way to behave. And next thing you know, you're getting married at 23 and you're like turning yourself entirely inside out to like just deal with somebody else and their mental health for like the next 10 years of your life. No. And I do think women are really, (laughs) I think women are really socialized to try to like be, be the caretaker Mm -hmm. and like it puts you in a position a lot of times if you're trying to be a caretaker for someone who's like willing to be, to take advantage of you. I mean, it's a very easy hole to fall down. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that. I also believe that it's a hard thing to like know when it's codependency versus like actually trying to help somebody because there's a fine line, right? Like there's the people that you're really trying to help and, and move forward. And then, then there's people who just like suck all the energy out of you mm-hmm. and you're just stuck cleaning up their mess. Do you think that Jessica's like a sociopath? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Well, the way I was, she's written, yes. I, I mean, that's what I was thinking when I was reading this book because she doesn't even like this guy, right? Like she just likes the idea of being like the old enough and cool enough to go to this gross beach thing or I mean lake thing, even grosser, right? Like it doesn't seem like she has any like feelings other than just wanting to do what she wants to do, which and, and like not caring about the consequences and expecting other people to just kind of like deal with it. I mean, that to me, she seems like a sociopath. Like she doesn't seem to care about anyone. But then what do you call the people around her who constantly support it? <laughs> like codependent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah. yeah. That's it's, what you're learning I want, about. I want a path word though. Like a, so, like a codependent path. <laughs> and like how checked out are her parents? Well, like, in any good teen series or teen movie, like parents can't be that they can't know what's going on because then, you know, it, it, inhi- it inhibits any of the excitement. So but it's like, like, I don't want to see Alice making pancakes. Like, shut the fuck up. Get out, Alice. I don't want to like, see Alice making pancakes. I don't give a shit about that. I'm interested in what her job is. They didn't say, but they did. She's an interior designer. Okay, cool. And part-time, then part-time. Other th- well, yeah, because she has, she's a woman. So right, she has exactly. to be at home making pancakes in the morning. What, the thing that was so insane to me was that the mom could not tell them apart. I can tell my kids apart in the dark. Like I, it's so obvious to me which one is which. And if I didn't know that they were identical twins, I would be like, they're fraternal. Like, they have different voices and they have different facial expressions and different like posture. You know what I mean? Like that was really stunning to me as a twin mom that, that the mom could not tell them apart. So your girls haven't gotten to an age where they're just like always tricking you and up to like weird shenanigans. <laughs> They try. It's impossible to trick me because like, I, like, it's just very obvious which one is which. Their mom would be able to tell them apart in a heartbeat. Like, there's no question in my mind. I was definitely wondering about that. So I'm glad that you clarified. Hey, game time. Okay. We told you, we told her what it was going to be, right? We're going to play Mad Libs, Sweet Valley High themed. Elizabeth's going to give you your prompts. I'm going to write them down and then we're going to read what came out. All right. Are you ready, Alyssa? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and I, give, give us give us an adjective, please. Perfect. Tertiary Sweet Valley High character. Winston. I'll go with Winston. Another adjective. Blonde. Another adjective. Mm, bookish. Celebrity name. 
Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) Body part. Boobs. Ridiculous sweet valley event at a lake. Um, Surfing contest. (laughs) Old saying slash turn of phrase. All's well that ends well. Body part. In honor of this book, I'll say, but. (laughs) (laughs) Item of clothing. Red bikini. Adverb. Sluttily. (laughs) (laughs) A noun. Cabin. Adjective. Blue. And a celebrity name. Um, Dick Clark. (laughs) Yes. Okay, are you guys ready to to see what we came up with? (laughs) Yes. Okay, here we go. What do you think? Yes. Do I look perfect enough for Winston Egbert? Jessica Wavefield stood poised before <laughs> the full-length mirror in her twist, her sister's bedroom, chin thrown back, her blonde features arranged in a bookish pout. <laughs> Elizabeth glanced up from the notepad she was scribbling on. 90 Day Fiance star Darcy, you're not. <laughs> I couldn't remember her last name. What's her last name? Oh, Silva. Silva. 90 Day Fiance star Darcy Silva, you are not. Besides, why do you care what Winston thinks? Her boobs narrowed in suspicion. (laughs) You're not thinking about going to that surfing contest at the lake. Not after mom. Jessica whirled on her twin. (laughs) Who says she has to know? You've heard the old saying, all's well that ends well. Jessica's butt deepened into one of pure (laughs) innocence. This red bikini would look really sexy with my red shorts. <laughs> that just came together perfectly. accurate to the book. Yeah. Jessica yeah. said as she smiled sluttily at her twin, <laughs> her eyes look blue now, as blue as a cabin. She went back to admiring her reflection, <laughs> scooping her blue blonde hair up on top of her head as she struck a new Dick Clark pose. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, so good. Thank you really for playing. Funny. That's a good game. Also, That's thank a you great so- game. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we we appreciate you coming here. And I want to say thanks to everyone else for listening to Wokefield. Is there anything, Alyssa, that you want to um, promote or talk about that you have coming up? I just want everyone to wear a fucking mask. That's it. Hey, there Perfect. You go. Perfect. We love it. We love it. Especially in Chicago <laughs> because our numbers are rising. And here too. Everywhere. Oh, and I'm in a tizzy over this. It's so, I can't stop talking about it. Thank um, you so much for having me. This is really fun. And I love these books. Thank you so much. And thanks to the mythical Francine Pascal on the, all the uncredited ghostwriters who turned out the shit so we could read it under the covers all night long. All night long. And hey, <laughs> you know what? We're going to need you to come back next week because we're jumping ahead to the 12th book in the series, Kidnapped. Because look, our very own Elizabeth Gomez needs a little more true crime up in this bitch. I like a dead body, everyone. <laughs> Follow Wokefield on Instagram at WokefieldPod. <laughs> For all your sweet valley needs. Hey. Hey. See you guys soon. We did do it. (laughs) Sweet valley out. Sweet valley bye. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, fields. (laughs) Tell the truth and shame the devil.